Hello and welcome to Model View Conversation, America's premier tech education podcast. I'm Brian Gates. And I'm Ben Gokey. And we're fortunate today to have a third person in the studio. Not that we actually have a studio, but you know what I mean. Ben, could you do the introductions? Yeah, so I'd like to welcome one of my current students at in my Lambda School iOS program. Welcome to the show, Brandy. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Today, we'd like to uh, talk to Brandy a bit and, and help her and understand the learning journey she's been on, uh, changing careers and becoming an iOS developer. Um, so I think, Brandy, you were saying earlier that you had a kind of an interesting little story about when you were a kid and kind of your first foray into programming. What was that like? Uh you know, it, it was fun. It was probably a lot more short-lived than I, I thought it was or think it was now. Um, but I, I was somehow my first computer when I was really little was an Apple IIc. And I remember just uh, going on there playing Prince of Persia on this bright green screen and just spending all day or maybe like, I don't know, half an hour, <laughs> you know, 30 minutes as I was allowed as a kid playing on it. And then as I moved into middle school, I... I learned about this program i don't remember what it was um, but i it, it, i learned about this program where you could actually send off to apple and they would send you this packet and booklets and everything to start a coding club at your school and for the life of me i don't remember what it is what it was i just remember like oh this would be awesome so i i I remember sitting in the library after school, like every other Tuesday or something with uh, four or five other friends. And we would sit there and code along to this book that Apple provided. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, I think, what initially sparked the interest. Like, you know, like, you know, growing up in my mind, it was always like computer programmers. Oh, my gosh. You know, like the, you know, these these people that are, you know, uh, yeah. And, and just the, the fact that I was able to um, go and I could code something like, oh, my gosh, like I could do that. Yeah, it's an exciting feeling. And for people who are listening who might be thinking that the 2C and trying to place it where in the line of iPhones that was, right, that that's not the second model of that thing that came out in like 20, 2010 or so. The 2C is the that was the big desktop thing, right? Yeah, it was the, they had, well, at the time they had the 2C and the 2E. The 2C was the compatible and the 2E was the expandable. And so it, it was actually, I think, the smaller of the two, but it had the big three and a half floppy, you know, and I, I'm not going to, you know, give a specific time period, but we're looking at like late 80s, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. Pre-Macintosh, pre-phones all had cords in them still, and it was oh, it was yeah. a dark time technologically, but there were still people out there writing writing software. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. So it, it sounds like that was an interesting kind of first foray into programming for you, and then it sounds like after that you really kind of moved on and did other things and essentially forgot about that part of it, but it's interesting that you then eventually kind of came around to deciding that that was something that you wanted to do. I imagine the schools at the time really didn't offer a whole lot of programming class opportunities, right? I mean, did yours, like your middle school, I guess if you're starting a club, there probably wasn't anything in high school. We had, I remember, I think it was more of an English class or something, language arts. But I remember being in this little room at the top of this tower thing in my school, and that's where the computer lab was, right? And mm -hmm. it's just like this dungeon of a place with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe 20 computers around it. Uh -huh. and around No the windows. No, well, I think they had a few of them just along the little top, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we would be on there, but I don't think it was for... I don't think it was actually programming. I don't think it was, a, it might've been like a language arts typing mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. You know, that's or, what mine was. I remember. Right. Yeah. It's like computer proficiency, but not, not programming. Right. And even if it was that, I think it was more like, this is the subject, this is the predicate. You know what I mean? So I think it literally was, you know, language arts or, you know, but aside from that, no, there were, there was nothing. That wasn't even a thing. So you, you finish school and you go to, you know, into the working world. What kinds of uh, positions have you had and, and what was your kind of previous to Lambda School and previous to becoming a programmer? What was your experience uh, in the working world? Uh, you know, I, my, uh, my goals, uh, you know, back then are, were very different than, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they are now. I, I've kind of, I've 
kind of gone through the range of things that I've done, things that I've wanted to do. You know, I started off, I wanted to be a musician and everything else. You know, I, I you know, going back to that Apple IIc, I think that initially kind of sparked like this fire of technology, like boosh, you know. Um, but then like going into like the real world, like I wasn't a programmer, like I never thought about programming and but I love technology and, you know, just being on the computer and even, I don't know if I can say brand names, you know, but like even AOL way back in yeah, the day, sure. you know, oh, and, yeah. um, just hours upon hours. But that wasn't, that was like nothing, you know, anything that I ever planned or thought about doing or thought I could do. Like I had no clue, you know, just there was no, no entry at that point. It's like, you know, uh. And so I kind of, <clears throat> I went into music and that just didn't work. You know, I, I did that for a semester or two and then, um, you know, became a mom at that point and, and didn't really do a lot with school. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to do good by my life and I'm going to be able to provide for my kids. So I went into healthcare. But then in the back, you know, as I'm in school for nursing and everything, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing my work on a computer. I'm still doing, you know, it was still AOL. It was still dial-up. It was still stuff. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't like it is today uh, with gigabit connections and is in depth. But I'm still, you know, kind of feeding this 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 need for technology for, um, you know, and so you know, just internet searches and you know whatever, being bored on a computer while I'm trying to escape my my student life as a nerd, you know, nursing student, you know, um, they had these silly little cartoon dolls online. And I don't know if anybody remembers them. They're really, really just completely lame. I look back now, but like, they're like little, it, it would be just like, kind of like a cutout doll. Right. And then, but you could like change their clothes and stuff on, hmm. on these little dolls online. I, I don't digital cutout dolls i guess right like and drag and drop different clothing i like exactly. move the dress to a different color exactly exactly and so then you know you could have the different scenes and you could just well i i am i in of course i was much younger and <laughs> you know back then <laughs> me like you know being my age oh these cartoon dolls that's weird you know <laughs> but back then you know it was a little bit more appropriate but then i was like oh you know I wonder if I could make a web page that showed my things. And then, you know, that was, mm -hmm. you know, when GeoCities was coming around and okay. all of this stuff, you know, I could go on and oh, I can make a website. What? Like I can do this. And so I think it was back then my very first, my very first website, my very first thing that I'd ever coded was a black page obviously with not tons of CSS. Uh, I don't even know if we were around CSS time yet, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of the timeline, you know, uh, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I made this website with these sparkly little cartoon <laughs> dolls that I made. And, you know, I had, I had the flaming text and, sure. <laughs> you know, totally uh, taking it back. Dancing hamster, right? <laughs> you gotta have the dancing hamster. <laughs> Right, you know, and I, I think some spinny stuff, and you know, so that was kind of uh, that was I think that once I sat down, I, I I sat down and I probably did that within an hour or two. It was like, oh, I have to learn HTML. Okay, well, what about HTML? And then it's like I have got the world of knowledge at my fingertips as I'm sitting here at my computer. And that's kind of like when it just like hit me and I'm like, whoa, like, you know, <laughs> you know, this is, I can go and do this, but I'm in nursing school. And it's like, you know, what am I going to, I can't drop out of nursing school. I, I was already in nursing school for a little while. And, uh, and, you know, that's, you know, making a cartoon doll websites isn't going to pay the bills when I've got two kids to feed and, you know, and I've got, <clears throat> you know, I've got all of this. So it, it just became kind of like this passion of mine, but something that just would never pay the bills. I actually had one person uh, in my life at the time that, oh, well, you know, I, I just kind of like would talk about my interest and my, my, um, just my thoughts. Like, I really enjoy that. You know, I want to go learn how to do that. I want to, I want to do that more. Oh, well, you know, you, 
you're not really the developer type or you're not really the designer type. And I don't, I don't think you could pull that off. Just very toxic. Like, you know, well, well, you know, um, (laughs) not to cut anybody down, of course, but yeah, very, very terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, you know, that's, uh, you know, so from there, I just kind of like continued with the healthcare thing. I actually had to stop going to nursing school and pull out. Uh, and then, so in the meantime, um, yeah, I had some life stuff going on with that. But then in the meantime, you know, I, I go into architectural engineering, design and drafting. Um, I go into graphic design at one point and I go into, I think, religion. And I've literally had too many too many majors um in in my school career i love i love school but i just kept coming back to this and then i think at the time you know there really wasn't you know we're still looking i think early to mid 2000 yeah early-ish 2000s it's there wasn't really you couldn't go there weren't boot camps you know there weren't you know again we come back to that that point of entry it's like what do i even look for like that's not even a thing like computer programmers uh, they're this group of people that are just like kind of off over here they're untouchable inaccessible like you don't even know who they are they're just like the elite hidden whatever right. you know phd is from berkeley and university of illinois and no one else in the world can exactly. possibly join exactly that's exactly it and so with that it's like okay well what do regular people go to school for, <laughs> for? you yeah. know what i mean what do <laughs> yeah. regular people do with their lives and you know um you know i just kind of went back and forth and i just was never you know i i just never felt it you know i think I think that was part of my, like, going back and forth between, you know, I'm just, I, I've got so many sides of myself, you know, I've got the the design side, I've got the technical side, I've got this, I've got that, and, you know, we're all so multifaceted, even, you know, just as a human being, most of us are just, have so many interests, but I was trying to, like, kind of squelch that, that longing for, I need to find that, which mm. Me, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm, I, I just mm-hmm. wasn't finding it, and uh, and so I, I continued, you know, I continued on in life. I kind of went into the medical field for for a very very long time, and um, and on the other on the other, you know, I'm at home every night building websites and trying to learn stuff and trying to do stuff, and um, that's you know, that was my life for a while. I, I was a single mom working healthcare admin jobs because I couldn't do the healthcare floor jobs anymore. You know, I couldn't be on a, a hospital floor, uh, really taking care of people. And so I, you know, just, I went into healthcare sca- staffing, healthcare staffing and, and management and just that whole side of things and just would go home at night and build website after website after website, you know, and I, I just kind of did that, um, you know, probably since 1999, I've been sitting at home every night, just building out websites, but then, you know, we come back to, okay, well, what more? Like, you know, um, the, the, obviously the, the landscape for the web design world, and it's not even called web design really anymore. You know, it's like, what's a web designer? It's like, oh, you're, yeah, we're not going to hire her. You know, <laughs> you know that's not even, a, you don't hear that term anymore. But, um, you know, so I just kind of did my, my graphic design and web design thing on the on the side. And Boy, it's so frustrating, though, to, to feel that, that sort of calling almost, that there's something that you love to do and you just wish you had every hour in the day that you could spend on it. But whether real or imagined, there's this barrier of either... I don't know enough to do that, or really no one could make a living out of just doing something that feels this fun to me, and so I have to spend all my time on kind of drudgery to support myself, and maybe in my free time I can go and I can play and I can build things. And there, and there appears to be this like these gates in front of you that you can't, you know, I have to go to Stanford in order to become a programmer, right. and so like that's I, just not going to happen, right? I, you have all these things that you think are in the way and i think in in some ways at the time they were right like the, if we're looking at that time frame early late 90s or 2000s 
like you said, boot camps didn't exist. There really wasn't a way to get into programming uh, unless you had a computer science degree. Um, and that is a whole nother thing, right? That's you have to get into that into the, into a school that offers it. You have to get through all that curriculum, you, and then in the end, you're going to be building software that really doesn't have a lot to do with the software training that you got in school. So then it's like a whole nother set of training you have to get after school just to be able to be competent on the job. Uh, it's it's a really tall order at the time to try and get that training, and I can totally see why it would seem like well, this is just not even an option for me. I'm a single mom. I have to feed my kids. I have to have a job. Like I don't have time to be a computer science student. That's ridiculous, right? Uh, it's totally understandable that 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 would that that would be a, a you know a barrier that's just too high right, to to try and clear at the time. It it definitely was. You know, just like you know all of those factor factor all of those factors that you mentioned. And, you know, so, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, I went into the world of, you know, stuff that really wasn't fascinating to me. And like, yeah, healthcare is cool. You know, it's sciencey. It's, you know, it's cool enough, you know, and, and I really enjoyed that. But then when I get into the um, admin side of healthcare it's just so i i kind of just did my thing on the side with the web design and just learning and when you say on the side was it something that you were picking up piecework for or was it a, a, a hobby that was kind of an escape from work it, it, it was both um it started as a hobby kind of an escape from work you know just kind of like okay well they said i would never amount to being a programmer or whatever but here i'm just gonna go do it and I'm just going to kind of do my own thing and I don't care what they tell me. I'm, I'm going to do it, you know, and, and it took, you know, it's, I didn't get my first gig, you know, for <laughs> a few years, obviously I just kind of just did my thing, um, you know, but then, you know, one thing um, I, I, I was experiencing a, um, a decently serious sickness. Uh, uh, it was about 12 years ago now. And I created a WordPress site for it and, you know, designed it. And that, that was actually kind of, I think, my distraction from my sickness. And um, that was, I would just go on there and hours and hours and hours, I would spend redesigning it, um, hacking the WordPress site. You know, you didn't have, you didn't have things like Divi or Element or those site builders at the time, you know, you just yeah. kind of had the themes and I'm like, well, I want it to do this and I want it to do that. And this and that and I'm like I don't want that there and so I kind of taught myself how to you know terribly terribly hack sure sure <laughs> you know a wordpress and a wordpress theme in order to make it fit my needs and then um around the you know 2008 election I started you know a couple of people that were reading my blog you know on on my journey of being sick they're like oh you do web design or you do this you do that can you so it eventually finally started to evolve into this thing that i did and mm. it was i maybe four it, it you know it wasn't terribly long ago but maybe four or five years ago it's something that i started actually doing in profession you know it became like a contract long-term contract job and then a part-time job then my real job and it was awesome but then you know the whole time I'm thinking you know because I had to leave nursing school and everything else like I really can't go back to school now you know there are yeah. things keeping me from going back to school and and you know just having money and you know um, being able to secure those loans or that funding and so at that point it was even just a matter of okay well now this thing is you know popular enough that that um you know you can go to school for it but here now i can't go to school you know now i can't now what you know so here i sit in healthcare even longer and and doing stuff that you know, I think <laughs> I think I was pretty drained at that point. Like, whatever. I'm just I'm just going through. I'm an adult now. You know, it's this is what they talk about. Get up, go to work, come home, go to bed. You know, and that that was my life. And that's okay. You know, and uh, and then I think it was about a year ago. I I find I no 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 no. Obviously not a year ago. It was probably about two years ago um, ish. You know, I saw Lambda and, you know, some of the offerings that they had. And I was like, oh, well, oh, well, they're, you know, probably like credit based and blah, blah, 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to get that financing or that funding. Like, not really understanding, you know. It was just one of those things, like, you, you see, and when, once you're at that point, you're just, you know, you're used to that kind of, I guess, not to sound sad, you know, but that eternal ejection. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. You know, you you just kind of approach life at that point with negatives. Like, oh, yeah, there's no chance that I, it's not going to happen, you know. You just assume that it's not that it's like this. This is not for me. I'm not yeah, going to be able to get yeah. this. Exactly. I felt I felt that about every NBA tryout I've ever been on. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you could be a NBA, NBA uh, worthy basketball player. You know, the there first... there have been shorter basketball players. Yeah, there have been shorter. I'd be the first 46 year old rookie in the league. <laughs> that is awesome. That is You know, it, it was kind of just that, you, you know, you just get to that point in life, I guess, where you just prep yourself to yeah, continue yeah. being unhappy if the people, rest of your life. And, and if people have been telling you that, oh, you're not the type, which, oh, that makes me so livid. And, and I know Ben feels the exact same way. That yeah. If you want to do this and you're working at doing this, then guess what? That's what the type is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's so frustrating to hear people uh, try and, you know. I don't know, make people think that they are one way or another. And it's like, you don't know this person. Yeah. You don't know what they're capable of. You know, that's so, and it's funny. I think in some cases people do it and they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. It's possible. I that hope. The person were... I hope that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably giving this person too much credit, <laughs> but, but I think there are, are, there are sometimes people <laughs> will do that in a way to try and be, you know, um, empathetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have this idea at Lambda School of being ruinously empathetic, which I thought I've never heard of until <laughs> I got to Lambda. But I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really interesting perspective that it's actually possible for you to be, you know, too helpful or too too concerned about things, and you end up either um, pushing someone along into something that they are not ready for, or the reverse, right, where where you are being overly critical. Right, and you, you're trying and to you, shield somebody from. Some yeah, you're like, I'm going to protect failure. you mm. from this right. from this supposed bad outcome of of having you fail at this at this thing. So I'm going to say you're not, you know, it's it's not a good move for you. And it's like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's I don't know that that's really your that should be your, your call, call, right? Yeah. That's something yeah. that that the that the person should make their own decision on their you know on their own. Right, you know, and, and I. Uh, <laughs> Again, not to cut somebody down, but I think this particular person, they were, you know, it, it was, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lesser or less favorable of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, it, it's just that it, it's, you know, even beyond, beyond all of that, it, it's, you know, um, you know, I think I think the 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 worst thing that has just come from any of that is, you know, I know we we all will kind of eventually get to that point in our own evolution where we're just like, you know, what I, I can do this, or I don't care what anybody else says, I'm going to go get this. But I think that's where a lot of that the, those ideas of um, which I didn't realize until just a few years ago was kind of a thing. Um, you know, I've dealt with it all my life, but like, you know, I'll address the or bring up the uh, whole imposter syndrome thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think to this day, unfortunately, to this day, no matter what I get on a sprint challenge bin or, you know, no, <laughs> no matter how much stretch I do or how well I might you know, complete one of those projects or build something out, even for myself, there's always that seed of doubt in there. And I think a lot of that stems from that, um, unfortunately. I don't know when that goes away or if that ever goes away. It um, doesn't. <laughs> Not completely, no. Oh, come on, you guys. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> but it also never completely takes hold of you. You know, and and I imagine this is the way Ben feels too, that sure, there are moments or maybe days where I'll spend all day working on something that when I finally find it, I realize, oh, this is something somebody with six months of experience would have caught. And here I am decades into it. What is wrong with me? And then I, I can kind of step back and think more 
objectively about, well, what have I accomplished? And is there anybody who's immune to this kind of thing? And and kind of bring myself back around. And I think that process gets quicker uh, the, the longer you're involved with it. I think that's a really good point, Brian, that it's, it's uh, I don't think it ever really goes away totally, but I think your ability to deal with it and mitigate it gets better and easier and, and like you said, faster. So rather than kind of, uh, you know, feeling that way and then like rabbit holing down and going, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a failure and everyone's better than me and all, and you kind of get into this very negative cycle of thought that can take hold of you for a while. I feel like that definitely happens to juniors more. Um, and it's not that it doesn't happen to us, but I, I do think, like you said, Brian, it kind of, that that cycle gets shorter and shorter and shorter because you learn um, to deal with it in a way where you you kind of attack those negative feelings in your head with very intentional positive feelings of, yeah, yeah, I didn't get this and I probably should have figured this out and whatever. But but look, look at my career. Look what I've accomplished. I'm a well-respected member of the community. I have the, this and that and whatever. And it, it, it helps to kind of, it's almost like water on, you know, on the flames of, of that negative, those negative thoughts, right? You can kind of douse it more quickly. And so it's not that it doesn't happen to us. It's just that typically, you know, seniors, good, you know, successful ones, I guess, <laughs> ones that don't burn out, um, find ways to to mitigate those feelings and kind of move on and not let them, like you said, let them take hold of you. Cause that's, that's really when it can get bad, when it kind of can, it takes hold of your whole understanding of yourself as a developer. And, and then that's, that's when I see students who come to me and say, I think I should withdraw. I don't think I can do this. Like they kind of, I can tell that they've been in this sort of negative thought spiral for a while. And, and that can be very damaging, um, you know, to your, just to your, I guess your motivation to actually wanting to persevere. So having these mitigation strategies is really important. And, and it's something, it's one of the many things you have to learn as a programmer, not just the technical parts, but also like, how do I, how do I manage my own feelings about this? How have you learned to manage your feelings around that stuff? I, I haven't learned. Okay. I, I haven't, I haven't learned. I, I, I mean, really, you know, I, I, I go to Ben maybe like kind of weekly, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know any of this. <laughs> Yes. That's a strategy. That's how you're learning. That's completely valid. Uh, yeah. You know, I wish I just had like a pocket developer, like just somebody in my mm -hmm. pocket that I could <laughs> pull out, just sit on my shoulder and say, okay, just type this, you know, or, you know, I just, I, I feel like, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how to get around that. And, and I really have, but I think, I think, you know, I, I started in web, um, when I went, first went to Lambda, I thought that was kind of the natural progression of where mm -hmm. I was supposed to go from a web designer into, you know, actually being able, I think that played into it too. You know, I, I, I felt like no one would ever take me seriously. I don't have an education in this. I don't know how to do this. You know, I already have this little seed that I'll never do this. And then, you know, oh, but you know what, becoming a programmer, uh, being able to code something, actually code something, not HTML and CSS, of course, because that's not a programming language. But once I can learn JavaScript or jQuery or whatever, that, that right. is when I then won't have made it. be a fake, right? Or, you know, people can take me seriously. And so then that became the quest. And then it was, you know, trying to learn JavaScript and trying to learn. And I wasn't learning. You know, I, I never, never came. And so I'm like, okay, let me go to school. You know, I finally found Lambda. I found out that I can go, you know, and oh my gosh, I'm actually starting school. And, but then, you know, uh, honestly, web never did come. <laughs> it, it, it was never there. It just, but I was, you know, so, you know, it, it's just been learning how to, uh, the, I think the first step was learning that, there is a thing for this uh, in, in, inadequacy that I feel and these ideas that I'll never do it. There's a thing called imposter syndrome that, that addresses that. And, you know, I learned that a little while before I went to Lambda, but that's an actual thing. And people actually deal with that. And, oh my God, I'm not, I'm, it's not just me. You know, it's when you're able to make those connections and being at Lambda, I've, I've realized that, it's not just me. There are hundreds and thousands of other people at Lambda School 
that feel the same way on a daily basis. They've been through those struggles. They've those they've had those thoughts. And so, you know, things didn't work out with Web. And, you know, I ended up in the iOS, iOS track. And I will say that is probably literally a thousand times harder. But, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's I'm there and I'm doing it. And I went into the program um, for iOS knowing that I have this imposter syndrome and I'm not on my own and it is hard. And I kind of went into it, not thinking um, like, you know, like with web, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is people actually take me seriously. Once I get this, like it, I went into both of them at Lambda, you know, for very different reasons, even though it came kind of from the same, you know, it, it all branched from the same tree of being a web designer for the past you know two decades or whatever you know just kind of i i went into both programs for two very different reasons and you know the whole ios thing it's i still deal with the the imposter syndrome but you know kind of come to come back to that it's it's still there um especially in ios it's still there but i'm able to be more real with myself and more in touch with what I'm feeling, what my struggles are. And, you know, I, I, I reach out to anybody and everybody that'll help me on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, like guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... and I think not being isolated in your learning process, like being part of a class it's and being huge. able to see other students struggle. And, you know, you, you were just made um, a student staff for one of our other tracks, one of our other iOS tracks. So you get to be, uh, not just a not just a student, but also kind of a mentor for other new students who are coming in, you know, after you that that have less understanding. And I think all of those all of those touch points where you get to work with other students at your level or other students who are even newer at this than you um, will help solidify those feelings of this is not just me. Everyone has these problems and concerns and worries and fears. Um, and and uh, and this stuff is very hard, right? That's I think something things that that are never that just don't seem to be talked about nearly enough in the industry are that imposter syndrome is way more pervasive than people I think want to admit um, from the entire spectrum of programmer experience, right? From from first day brand new person to thirty year experienced person, everyone experiences imposter syndrome in one capacity or another. And then the other thing is. That the training is, or that the that the the training is difficult, and that the 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 work itself is difficult, and that people are going to struggle in with different things at various points, and that it's fine, that that's okay, right? That that's okay, that it's hard, it's it's not a bad thing to want to go after, um, a a hard goal and accomplish it. I think something else that seems to be somewhat lacking in our modern society is this idea that like when things are hard, let's just give up hard things are worth trying to, to, uh, you know, to accomplish. Um, and programming is a very difficult task to learn and to get good at, but that it's worth doing, uh, if that's something that you have an interest in and that you want to do. And I think having that kind of shared experience of that in, in a classroom setting, like at Lambda school, for example, is really useful. It's funny how as a society, we're all very focused on like feeling special and unique. And yet most of the time, when we do feel that way, we also feel very isolated. And so it's, it's interesting that we feel I, that you feel comforted. Like anybody would, would feel comforted by, Oh yeah, I have these problems. And so does a bunch of other people. I'm not that special, right? I'm not that unique. Everyone. It's like this shared kind of not misery, but just sort of shared struggle. And that, that makes the struggle more bearable and more doable. It's just interesting that there's that dichotomy with, with us as a people that we both want to feel unique and special, but we also, we also want to make sure that everyone else feels the way that we feel. All right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's very true. And, and I would say too, again, another point coming back to uh, Brian's question of, you know, how did you kind of start to squash this all? And again, I don't think it, it, I don't think it's that I have, um, but it, it, there was a short period between, um, where I decided I wasn't going to go with web um, at Lambda and before I could start the iOS program. And so I was a section lead there uh, for a web cohort. And I think that really was 
one of my biggest eye openers. It's yeah. Uh, you know, in the web track, you know, I, I made friends. I had a lot of friends. I met people, you know, but I really didn't understand on an interpersonal level, or I guess, um, you know, just, it was just all very superficial, just my understanding of other people and their struggles, because, you know, obviously as a co-student, that's none of my business. Like I really wasn't, you know, open to the struggles other students were having necessarily, unless they shared those directly with me. But when I became an SL, I was looking, I could see the, the whole picture. I could, I had to, I, you know, I had to work with students that, excuse me, I had to work with students that were, you know, having those same struggles and those, and I started to see, and just like Ben said, like, I'm not special. And I really don't want to be special. That's not, that's not my thing. Like, I really, I, I'm okay with not being special, <laughs> you know, but, um, it, you know, it wasn't me, and it was almost every single student. That particular cohort, I think, had upwards of 200 people. And every single person almost had those same struggles, had those same doubts, had life that was going on beyond, you know, um, Lambda. It, it's not just, you know, right here. It, it's, you know, all of these human beings on the same path as I that are trying to overcome these same struggles and learn the same thing. And, and, you know, I was with that cohort, it was about five months long and just seeing where they were when they started and where they are now. And some of them are already off in their career, you know, and they're working at maybe, you know, one of those bank companies or their own companies, you know, it's just, it, it's everybody and it's great. <laughs> you know that's no that's good it's it's really interesting once you start to see you start to see other people on their learning journey i know that um once i became a teacher and i started to see things from a different perspective and and started to understand what students understood and what they didn't understand and what they had trouble with and and starting to see patterns of things that they didn't understand it really made me realize that, you know, we all do, we, we all have the same issues. And, and like, kind of famously for Brian and I, when we were teaching at the Iron Yard, we would, we, we developed this, typically this sort of, this mystique, I guess, where uh, students thought that we were wizards, or that we were, you know, magicians or something, because we could identify problems that they were having pretty much immediately, give them an immediate solution, with, with with barely a look at their code, right? right. And they would think like, how... From across the just... room, you could say, is there a colon at the end of line five? Okay, you need a colon at the end of line... <laughs> and they'd be like, how is that possible? Right. It's like I just watched uh, the the Try Guys, their YouTube, a couple of YouTube guys yeah. that, that do different fun things. And they, they played... The four of them played a chess master, uh, four separate games of chess each of them playing against chess master and uh -huh. he was blindfolded. So uh -huh. he didn't get to see the boards at all. And right. he was tracking four chess boards in his head at once. Mm -hmm. And he beat all Just but one crushed, of them. Yeah. The The fourth one ended in a tie, which I thought was quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's good. He was able the, even to tie the guy. But, but it was, I, I imagine that that, not that that is not that that isn't a, an amazing feat of, you know, intelligence and skill and all that. But then I, I imagine that students who would see things like, you know, Brian shouting across the room, you need to put a colon at line five without even looking at their code, right? That that would just seem like the same level of what? How how do you know that? How How is that possible? And the hidden secret is that was the fourth class in a row where someone had left off the colon at the end of line five. So I could just, um, I've, I've answered that question many times. Right. And I think that's the thing that's, that's often missing from a student's perspective when they see, when they interact with teachers um, is that, uh, they they perceive this knowledge and skill as some sort of magical thing that we've been imbued with that they may never get right and and what is actually the case is it it's just a matter of experience exposure to these questions um practice right it is it is there's there's the the formula that creates magic is not there's nothing there that 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 anyone can't attain right it's just a matter of training practice exposure um and and pattern recognition right Pro being a good programmer i think is is mostly about recognizing patterns and being able to 
to see when the pattern is working for you and when it's not working for you and what you need to change it. So um, it's always kind of my, ever since I identified that as, as a thing, and while it's, you know, while it's fun to be called Yoda or Gandalf <laughs> or whatever in my class, it's, it's fun for a minute, but then it's like, well, but that's not, that's not, um, it's not a productive way for the student to think about me, right? And I don't want them to think about me like that. I want them to, to know that, that the only difference between you, Brandy, and me, you as a student, me as a, as the teacher is really just experience and practice and, um, and 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 just thinking about this, these problems over and over again and stuff like that. It's not there's nothing there that you can't do, uh, and I want I always want to make that clear to to students is you know that that they can get there. That there's no there's not an insurmountable magical bridge they have to cross, and if they don't have the right spells, they're not gonna they're not gonna do it. Right. That's just that's I don't think that that's necessarily toxic in that same way that you described before, where your your the person that was in your life was kind of actively dissuading you. But I do think it is certainly not productive sure. to to think about it that way. Um, and and I think it's really important to to make it clear that there is a path because that that helps to lead you to uh, either preventing some imposter syndrome or at least being able to mitigate it when it comes up. When you think like, man, I'm never gonna. And we're going to get there and Ben is so much better at this. And like all the things that you might think about the situation, it's like none of that is actually really true. It's just a matter of I'm, I'm at this point in the journey and Ben is at this other point or whoever else you're talking about. Right. And, and it's important to, to see that as sort of a, an attainable goal rather than like this distant thing that is just never going to be, you know, available to you. Well, and I think that just kind of, you know, goes back to that initial thought of those, you know, those programmers that are, mm-hmm. you know, up, yeah. you know, there in the tower with their, their, like you say, with their wizard hats and they're like coding the world and, you know, the average person will never be like that. That, that'll never happen. There's no access, you know, and I, I, it, I really think it's awesome, though, just that we're we're starting to come to, and I think Lambda is helping with this a lot, though, or as well, but just that fact that anybody, you know, there's access now, you know, there's, there's, there, those barriers to entry are, are decreasing, and, you know, you can get there. So let's, let's, let's push forward a little bit beyond your, your training at Lambda School. Um, so what do you want to do? You're a little, I guess, what, a little more than halfway through the iOS training, um, doing very well, I might add. Uh, and um, so what, did it, what is it that you want to do with this training? What kind of developer would you like to be? What, if you could kind of paint you know, the perfect picture of your post-Lambda career uh, situation, what would that look like? Well, I should probably tread lightly because I don't want to tick off any uh, um, could-be employers <laughs> you know, <laughs> down the road. <laughs> but, you know, just kind of, you know, my time and, uh, you know, I've had this conversation too with, a, you know, a couple of students. You know, they're, they're interested to get out there and get in the world and get in that workplace and, you know, the, the whole corporate thing. And I'm kind of like, oh, I've been there, done that. It makes just the look, you know, work for me now. And, 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 and so... You know, I, I'm working, you know, with some other people outside of Lambda, you know, a couple of teams of people, you know, to kind of uh, work on some ideas. But really, I, I, I want to be, the, the thing is, is that for me, it's important to kind of create my own success and be in charge of my own success. Um, not that I have never been thankful for opportunities that employers have given me um, to be an employee and work there. Um, uh, though it's more, I, I want to be in control of my income and what I'm bringing in and the work that I'm I'm doing, you know. And, and so I'd love to, to kind of sit here in, in this little chair, um, say, you know, aside from getting up and getting around a little bit, you know, I'd like to kind of create my path right here where I'm sitting and I want to be my own boss. And I, I want to work on teams of other developers that want the same and have kind of have the same values. And, um, you know, so the, the journey ahead, of course, there, there may be that point where, um, especially in the meantime, in the interim where I'm having to rely on 
uh, working for someone else. So my ultimate goal is, you know, I, I, I want to be the, the next Tom, you see the picture of my space, Tom, you know, I want that to be me, you know, <laughs> you know, in 15 years, people are going to remember this lady, you know, um, because I, I created this awesome app, you know, with the team of somebody and, I think I think it's really good to have a, a strong vision for what you want. It doesn't have to be a vision that is the, where every single detail is filled in, but I think having a, a strong goal for where you want to go really helps provide lots of motivation. So whether that's like, this is the kind of job that I want, or this is the kind of working environment slash scenario that I want, or this is uh, an app that I want to build, just something that you can have kind of in your back pocket as this is the reason why I'm sitting here, you know, struggling, um, <laughs> just kind of going crazy, trying to <laughs> trying to learn these things. Right. Uh, it's, there's a reason why, right. It's not just that I'm doing it to do it, but that I'm doing it because I have, I, I have to finish this, right. There's, there's not even a matter of, of should I, should I continue? Should I quit? It's like, Nope, I have to finish this because this thing needs to exist in the world. This app needs to exist or, or I really want this, scenario this work environment this job opportunity whatever it is i want that to come true and it's not going to come true if i don't finish so so quitting isn't even an option like it's just i have to just keep going and 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 make it happen um, i think that really provides a lot of motivation because programming is very difficult and learning how to program is very difficult and lambda school just like you know brian and i used to work at a different boot camp Boot camps in general are very hard. They're, it's very intense. It's com it's it's a four year degree kind of compressed into into a much smaller block. Um, Nobody ever called them coding spas. No, <laughs> that could be a thing. That's my calling. That is my go. calling. There you go. Sure, you just come in it's like three times a week, an hour and a half. You have a margarita, and then you just learn everything you need to know and get yeah. get a mani pedi and go. It just kind of. Yeah, it just absorbs into your brain through osmosis. It's perfect. I could be. I would sign up for that. Absolutely. I yeah, I would. Or you could do like the Matrix model, where you just like I know Kung Fu. You just like load up a little thing, and then there you go. Oh man, <laughs> I am looking forward to that. I I want to live long enough for that one. And in case we haven't made it clear yet, you are absolutely the the type. Yeah. I mean, so many things that you said from you were writing Objective C in middle school. <laughs> How anyone can get past that and think, oh, well, she's not really a, a programming type of person. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> you know. It sounds like textbook programmer is really from, from what we've yeah, heard. Yeah, from, from that to spending hours hacking at WordPress themes, that's another clear yeah. indicator. That's dedication right there. If you can hack at WordPress, Here's, that's... Yeah. That's, <laughs> right. you got to really want yeah. you got to really want it if, if you're willing to you really on that. You really do. You really do. Oh, good times, yeah. And again, not that either of those things, for the benefit of our listeners, neither of those things are necessary if you did not get into any kind of programming in middle school or if you've never touched WordPress, that's fine. But if, if you want to do it and you start to do it and you have a good time doing it, you're the type. And there's no demographic information or age limit or any of that other stuff. If you want to do it and you have fun doing it, welcome to the tribe. Thank you. You know, and... I think that's so important, but even just hearing it, hearing that from one of those programmers that right, right. <laughs> he said that about me. Oh my gosh. I you mean, know? Brian's ivory tower is pretty nice. I'm just going <laughs> 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 to. Thank you so much, Brandy, for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. You coming on and sharing yes. your story. I think it'll be really helpful for other people who either are struggling through the same things you are, right? They're in their training phase and, and they're having uh, struggles like everyone else does. Or even somebody maybe who has perhaps a somewhat similar background and is thinking, I would like to do this, but maybe maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I think it's really great to hear uh, people from all different walks of life uh, coming into the industry and kicking butt, which is what which is what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So do you do you still have that blog that you talked about? Do you have uh, anything that you'd like to promote on the show as far as places where people can find you? Oh, great question. Oh, no, I don't. I don't actually. Uh, it's 
part of my journey too is kind of like letting a lot of that go because I was holding on to that even that sickness experience I was holding on uh, to it uh, for too long and so okay. it's been part one of those layers you know we, as we evolve we peel off like layers of an onion you know it's kind of that's that's one of the layers that you know it's a part of me but so long story short i i don't i i have nothing to promote <laughs> just yourself nothing. just yourself which is totally just fine myself. that's fine that's fine and an app so at some point right you know? <laughs> right awesome well thanks so much for being on we really appreciate it thank you i appreciate it i enjoyed being here and maybe we can check back in again with Brandon yeah. in the future and see how the yeah we'll have to see once along. you yeah, once you finish uh, labs and you get out and start get on in, onto the job hunt and we'll have to take a look at uh, some of the stuff that you've built and all the amazing success that you've had. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I even I submitted my own labs project and I I got notification the other day that that it was accepted as a project. Nice. So congratulations. I, congratulations. Stoked. Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned. For those who don't know, <laughs> labs is a, a portion of Lambda School where students get to spend um, eight weeks building a project from scratch, um, and it's meant to be a larger, more involved, more cross-functional application that. Um, for the most part, what I've seen when I've seen demos of them, they're things that you, if you didn't know better, you would think that they were like f early company VC pitch style applications, things that are, you know, easily a mm. 1.0 MVP that you could showcase to someone and they would give you millions of dollars mm -hmm. in exchange. I mean, these are, these are incredibly impressive applications, especially considering that they're being built by juniors. So I'm, I'm super excited to see your project branding and where that goes. Oh, it's very ambitious, and but I know it's going to come off awesome. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up the show for this week, but we have other shows out there, 30 of them, I think. So, Ben, if people would like to hear more of the shows, where can they go? What can they do? Everything you know about this show is available at our website at mbc.fm, where you can listen uh, to all of our past shows and learn how to subscribe. If you use iTunes to listen to the show, we would love if you could give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. And if you want to send us feedback um, or illustrious praise for all of the things that Randy has done so far in her journey, you can do that at on Twitter at NBC Podcast. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.